Where is your red line? No losses? Make as much as inflation or make as much money as you can. How much pain can you take? Investors need to find out what their red line is and how it moves. The Red Line Money Podcast can help you find it. Redline Money takes the expertise of David Roach and Richard Harris as they talk markets, prices, bubbles and busts, and some even more interesting topics. David and Richard have nearly a century between them of searching for the red line in bull markets and bear. Hear what the crowd isn't saying about current markets and price moves in the long term and even longer. Back to the Egyptians. See markets as an engineering system, a biological organism, or as the behaviour of subatomic particles. You don't get this anywhere else, and you know it makes sense. This week, we're being optimistic, I think. Having been vaccinated with our first dose, all of us, we're looking forward to how the world will be in future and how policies will move and how we might return to some kind of normality and how central banks will maybe try, endeavour to help achieve that for us? Yes, I think the way I put it is this. If the pandemic goes away or become more more localised, then the amount of emergency policy measures, be they fiscal or be they through central banks monetary, that the world will need will be less. And the markets will start to say, well, you have to normalise. And the central banks could try and normalise and that'll be very interesting because, of course, as they normalise, interest rates will go up. Now, if they don't normalise, interest rates will go up at the long end of the curve. That's the bonds because the bonds will say, ooh, you're not going to control inflation. You should be normalising. And either way, you have to remember that during the pandemic, uh, people borrowed more and more. Governments lent more and more. Central banks lent more and more to keep the whole ship afloat. You know, it was kind of every man to the pumps. Well, in this case, it was every bank to the pumps. And of course, once interest rates go up, then the cost of that debt goes up. And the risk is that the economies come down, come crashing down, which of course, central bankers having a pain threshold about the same level as a one-year-old child. Very Um, low. (laughs) They won't allow that to happen. So what would they do? That is the kind of question. And what would the investors do about what they do? Yes, how will they react? Yeah, That's right, all these double and triple derivations of who's going to do what and how. But I think actually we're almost at a situation we have to think what's going to happen first because whereas you and I, David, can probably see that the economies are going to be doing pretty well okay, you know, we're not going to get into any negative numbers, which is what everyone's terrified about. But policymakers take so long to react, as we've seen with the recent injection of liquidity by Biden into the economy, that we're likely to see stimulus occurring way beyond any reasonable and sensible idea. They're almost certainly going to overshoot and actually not do anything until it's six or nine months too late. So really what we're doing at the moment is putting fuel on the fire. And any talk of pulling back is probably not going to be for 12 months. That's true, but your portfolio probably has a duration of about 20 years. Now, we don't really mind, you and I, because we're going to be dead. But uh, the people who inherit from us, if there's anything left, might worry. So we have to think about the fact that 12 months is really a very short period of time when you're running serious money. So what do you actually do when this happens? I mean, as you said, uh, policymakers always look backwards. They will go on doing what they should have stopped doing for a long time. This will add fuel to the fire. 
The bond markets will sniff it out first, and they will send interest rates way up because they said you should be normalizing and you're not. That could impact economic activity, and you could get this idea that you get, the economies start to fall before they actually recover in the eyes of the policymakers. Then what does an investor do about it? What does a central bank do about it? What the central banks are going to continue to do is to continue to put money into the economy. I mean, they saw the victory of turning things around last year, in fact, almost entirely a year ago today, when they came in with the big bazookas to push the markets going. I kind of think they're going to try and drag this piece of elastic out as long as they possibly can, even if long bond rates go up to 10, 15%. They're going to try and support the economy because that's the only thing they know now is intervention, which is rather ironic. Well, that's fair in enough. I mean, in Europe, there's no other way to go because otherwise, how would the Italian budget deficit get funded? And everybody wants to help Mario Draghi save the Italian economy, which may be beyond, beyond his even his capacity. But in order to make that happen, the European Central Bank has to buy every little bit of debt which the Italian government is going to issue. So yes, it will go on there. But in places like Australia, there's no excuse. The labor markets are recovering very nicely, the economy is recovering very nicely, and so on. Mm. You take Biden, you take the ancient old lady of the US economy, which is an octogenarian being asked uh, to jive. I shouldn't have said an ancient old lady, an ancient old person, most yes. politically incorrect. But, yes. but anyway, whether you're male or female, if you're an octogenarian being asked to jive, it's unseemly. And well, it could be. A, a very. In uh, some cases, it could be impossible, or at least lead to serious injury. Indeed. And I think it's a serious injury is the question. So, so how are we dealing with this how, serious injury? We need to and go what forward. Will it be? We need to go forward. We need to say, OK, they go on doing what they're doing. And I think Richard is perfectly right that these policymakers are backward looking. They will go on doing it. They will create a bond market which will take them to task. The level of interest rate in the bond market is enough to do serious damage to sovereign debt markets, to do serious damage to all those absolutely crappy quality corporate bonds which have been pushed onto the marketplace and these really weird derivatives which I can't even explain to myself let alone my children which are you know the latter stages of a bull market all these things come unstuck the economies come down and then what do the policymakers do where do you go if your government debt is already 130 percent of GDP you make it 200 percent of GDP? Well, who buys it? Well, Is it the I, I mean, that's bank? exactly what, what China's done. Yes, but uh, China, well, China, as I said before, got it right. I mean, they're a centrally planned economy and much to be admired. And of course, they are a closed system. So they own the banks, they own the government, they own the corporations pretty well. Or if they don't own them, they can certainly tell them what to do. And if they don't, there's quite a lot of trouble in store. So it may not be a centrally planned economy, it's a centrally controlled economy. So they're fine, they're out of the system. But you can't say that about the US. The US needs to suck in capital from abroad every hour, every minute of the day in absolutely huge gobbets. Well, if what you say is gonna to happen to the US, then US bond yields, say let's take the 10 year, are going to be two and a half or 3%. Existing bond holders will have lost 30% reams of corporate debt will never get paid back. The economy will start to really panic. And my question then is, what does everybody, what do the policymakers do about it? Well, I, I think this is the whole essence of markets, isn't it? Where we're coming up of a, to a period of criticality. I think most people are, are agreed on that. 
And it only remains to say, when's it all going to happen? You know, when does bond markets affect equities, such as equities fall out of bed, equities falling out of bed affect all the leverage against them, which means people go bust, zombie companies go bust, the market continues to fall. It's all looking pretty bad. Now, policymakers, I think, will continue to try and support that as best they can by printing money. But therein lies its own issues. You're in a difficult position where at the moment cash is trash. Everybody wants to be in the market, borrow money, stick it in the market. It's the only game in town. There will come a point just as ice turns to water and water turns to steam that all of a sudden cash is trash, turns into cash is king. And you really want to be in cash, except the fact that it's going to be inflating away. So it's not a very pretty picture for investors looking further out. And maybe it's the chickens coming home to roost for, what, 30 years of almost unparalleled gain. I think that's probably right. But you have to think, well, what will the policymakers do? Well, central banks and governments will simply write off the debts which the central banks own and the, the governments owe. They will go back to modern monetary theory, which is neither modern nor theory, but it basically says that it doesn't matter how or much. Or even it, theory. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much a government owes as long as it's taking it from the central bank. And of course, they will have digital central bank currencies, which will mean the central bank will have an account for you, Richard, and for you, Caroline. And they will put a lot of money into that digital account, which will expire by the end of next month unless you spend it. So all those things which seem absolutely Orwellian to us today, though distinctly less Orwellian than 12 months ago, are going to come back. And that's how they're going to react. I'll give you something else or Orwellian, which may well sanitize the system, which is uh, the famous Cyprus route, which they took during the global financial crisis of taking 45% off the top of everybody's bank account. Now, they realized after five minutes, actually, that they had to, they'd actually signed up for the European guarantee. So they took $100,000 off and then took 45% off as well. Now, most of the people who lost their money had money that, should we say, was maybe less than brand spankingly clean. So there were relatively few complaints. But actually, I could see a position in future where policymakers say, well, you know, you've maybe got too much money in your account. Let's take a little bit off the top so that you can contribute to the good of everyone else. And how do you envisage that actually panning out if it happens? Well, very unpopular, but it happened in Cyprus. So it's maybe rather far-fetched, but it's something we shouldn't discount that somewhere along the line, that extra cash has to be sanitized. Whether you're given vouchers you have to spend immediately or in a week's time, it's going to be spent. It's going to end up in the economy. And once you've created a dollar, the dollar's there. And that's going to have an impact on the value of money as seashells or whatever we, we, we call them these days. So somewhere, somehow along the line, whether it's by inflation, whether it's by acquisition or, of cash or something, that money is going to have to be sterilized somehow. Okay, so how do we do that? Well, the only way to sterilize money is to take it out of the system through the central bank selling some sort of asset, absorbing the money and having a large bonfire in the backyard to burn it. That's the only way to do it. But they won't do that in the middle of a recession. I think what we're seeing is a world in which alternative assets are going to become very popular because you get out of the way of governments. They're not linked to your investment. And that might be, you know, I'm not saying that Ethereum and Bitcoin and those sort of things go up forever, but there are loads and loads of digital assets which will go up and down and are at a very primitive stage of inception. They're inchoate in that sense. But the reality is that people are going to try and get into investment medium which are not connected to governments. That's number one. Uh, number two, I dare say gold will have its turn again. Number three is that, of course, 
banks, if they are not actually sitting on piles of non-performing loans, can make money out of a steeping yield curve. And things like agricultural commodities, people still have to eat and they're finely balanced. But there are only so many of those investments to go round, and all the pension funds will be diving into them at the same time. The value of those assets will go through the roof. And if you're looking at agricultural products, you know, that has very serious implications for the man in the street. So wherever you go, there are going to be real issues. The, the thing, as you mentioned a moment ago, gold, David, I find fascinating because Clearly, there's a massive consensus in the market about, yes, inflation's coming. And yet gold's actually gone down in the last year. Okay, after a reasonable rise in the last two or three years, but it's actually gone down. So there's something going wrong in our economic linkage there where gold is going down at a time when you would have thought it would be hitting the, hitting the stops. Yes, I think one of the reasons is because people have been buying something else alternative digital currencies, cryptocurrencies as being an alternative form of gold. So gold is being neglected. Uh, but I don't think the break between gold, economic turmoil and inflation is broken. I think it's just quiescent. It's asleep for the moment. But so it'll it will come rise back. again. It'll come again at some point. It's just resting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's uh, one of the things with a lot of the economic indicators that we know and love, that many of them just aren't working at the moment mm. for reasons we can't really fathom. I suspect the reason is, is because the cost of money has been negligible for far, far too long now. You know, you can't possibly be in a situation where one of your vital inputs into the economic system is basically free. And if it's that free, and if you have a bit of business, then just borrow more. So which is why we've ended up in this situation. But at the end of the day, it seems very difficult to see how investors can easily get out of this without keeping an eye, as I said uh, before, on the idea that cash is king. I wouldn't argue with that. I think not losing money is a good way of making money over the next three years. The problem is it may take a while to actually happen, what we're talking about. But yes, cash and those assets would probably make money. Now, you can get into those assets now, even if you got into them for 20 percent. If the market went down, say the equity market went down by 30 or 40 percent, which is really not impossible at all, that would actually turn out to be a rather good investment and would at least keep you off the streets. Okay, well, that seems That's you it. know sensible enough. Anything else you you would advise? Uh, suicide. I think I have. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm slightly more optimistic than the the suicide route. Partly because I think that the authorities obviously will bumble along and maybe come up with some sort of solution. We're going to see a lot of people hurt economically, and clearly that's going to be very unpopular politically. Where the world is going to go politically, we don't know. You know, we've just managed to avoid a demagogue in the United States, thank goodness. And the world is dividing now into two clearly defined poles of how they, they think their society should be run. But I kind of think that we're going to see more government. We, we are going to see governments try and support markets uh, more and more. David's idea of an account at a central bank in digital currency, I think that's entirely possible, uh, then you have to wonder what's going to happen to the regular commercial banking system. You know, will we need private banks or will everybody just keep their money with the government because it's the safest place to be? We're in a transition phase, I think, that we don't really know. But if I was, or what I am doing with my money at the moment is, I think what we're going to see is this current bull market has got a little ways to run, not because I think it shouldn't stop tomorrow, but because these things tend to last longer than we actually think. So I think it has got a bit of a way to run. I think equities will be quite good, maybe for about 12 months or so. But as we come to that point, that flag in the market, 
where either it goes up a lot, stays flat or goes down a lot. I think we're going to find ourselves in a period of criticality where the whole economy, the financial system, uh, etc., is going to suddenly have a serious shock. And I don't think you're really going to be able to protect yourself very much, except hopefully by having cash at the right time. Wow. Brace yourself. Sounds like the moral of this story. I'm Carolyn Wright, and I've been speaking to David Roach of Independent Strategy and Richard Harris of Port Shelter Investment Management. Redline Money is produced in Hong Kong. Thank you.